What's happening, Live Different Podcast listeners? It is Matt coming back at you with another episode. I want to first apologize for not getting this week's episode up as I wanted to last week, but alas, we have been here in Costa Rica having a little bit too much fun. Well, actually, really having some awesome trips. Uh, We had a fitness trip down here. We had our starter Costa Rica trip down here, and we are preparing for our Black Friday event It is going to be pretty awesome. All of our trips are going to be $200 off. That means to come hang out with me in Costa Rica, it's normally $645. It's only $445. That is ridiculous. We have a new fitness trip up on the site uh, with our trainer. We have all sorts of stuff going on. So check out under30experiences.com. We go all over the world. And I want to introduce you to my friend, Dan Andrews, who came with us to Peru and Machu Picchu. And today we discuss the five regrets of dying. And uh, I really want to commend Dan for opening up because it's not easy to talk about what you want your legacy to be on this planet. And we really hope that you guys think of that through and through. A big takeaway out of this episode for me was don't work so hard and uh, really try to enjoy life. And I know that sounds ridiculous for a guy with like long hair and lives in Costa Rica, et cetera, et cetera. But stress can get the best of any of us. And uh, so that has been my personal struggle lately. Really want to thank Dan for making me think differently. And I hope that you guys too. And if you don't want to work too hard, of course, check out our Black Friday deal for under 30 experiences. All right. That's all I got. Listen up. It's coming at you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am Matt Wilson. And today I am here with my friend, Dan Andrews. Dan is from wellroundedsuccess.com. And uh, Dan and I have traveled to Peru and Machu Picchu together as, uh, with under 30 experiences. And Dan and I had a, a great time um, really connecting on, on things that are important both in business and in life and uh, the, the good old-fashioned work-life balance and what we really want at the end of the day as far as being happy. And so I wanted to bring Dan on and chat a little bit about that kind of stuff. So Dan, welcome. Thanks for having me here, Matt. Pleasure to be here. And greetings, Under 30 Experiences community. Good to see you. Yeah, sound, sounds good, Dan. I'm, um, I'm curious to know. I, I uh, know a good amount about the well-rounded success community, but uh, I know that you help organize the local events uh, for Under 30 Experiences out in Denver, and uh, you have a pretty active lifestyle yourself, and we kind of say that what we do on... Uh, the the U30X trips is what we want to be doing more of in our life, and that's that's having an adventure, and that is uh, getting outside, and that's doing the things that are important to us, and having meaningful conversations. And I know that's a lot about what well-rounded success is about. So, would you like to share a little bit uh, on why you started your community? Uh, I'd be happy to. So. Um, A little bit about me and how well-rounded success became an important part of my life is uh, when I was growing up, I was one of those kids that had a definite goal of who I wanted to become. And so it was like kind of like a kid wants to be an astronaut and he works all of his years to become an astronaut. And then he finally see him becoming an astronaut and it looks great. I was not an astronaut by any means. I'm not that smart, Uh, but I was going to become a member of the Disney company. Disney was very important to me, and so I was going my entire life to actually work for Disney, and then I actually accomplished a goal, and I started working for Disney, and then I realized I never wanted to work for Disney again. Uh, Great company, just not a good fit. So then it's been about almost 10 years now that I've been kind of figuring out life of where I wanted to go and trying to get that feeling like I'm on the right path like I was when I was pursuing my Disney dream. And only now do I really feel like I am on the right path and I feel like it feels great. I mean, the I'm letting myself appreciate where I am, which is a big obstacle Um, The whole mental negative thoughts and trying to figure out your 20s was 
a challenge, but I feel like I'm doing a good job on that now. And one of the reasons why I'm in a good spot now is because I created my own definition of success. And that's where the well-rounded success mantra is uh, really important to me. Because instead of just focusing on career, making money, making sure that you're keeping up with the Joneses, uh, I really identified what was important to me and how I can actually make it so I'm comfortable with where I am today, knowing that I'm actually doing good things to get to a good spot tomorrow and in my future as well. Okay, so I like how you said that you... Uh, are in a good spot today, right? Can you, but can you dive into a little bit more? You said you created your own definition of success. Can you dive into a little bit more uh, how you can gauge if you're doing well? Is that just uh, what you look in the mirror every day and you're pretty happy with yourself or you wake up in the mirror? I had a friend one time who moved to Denver and he said, I just wanted to live in a place where I woke up every day and I said, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here, uh, which is how I feel about <laughs> Costa Rica. Uh, can you dive into a little bit more on, on how, you, how, how you do measure success or how you feel you're in a good place? So again, going to three, there's three criteria that I try to focus on in order to make sure I know I'm in a good place today. One is the self-doubt and the negative thoughts are getting less and less and less. Um, and you're actually becoming confident in who you are today, um, which is an asset that, that so many people are striving for. And it really confuses a lot of people when somebody is very confident in themselves. Uh, and then also that you're knowing that today you're accomplishing. OK, so I guess it's more about defining your own legacy and. I've unfortunately had a few friends who passed away that maybe weren't in the best place in their lives when they did have that accident. And I, that hit me pretty hard and it made me really gauge of who I am right now. And if that bus hit me tomorrow, what kind of impression did I leave on the people that know me, the community, as well as uh, the people who are going to remember me. And if I, I right now I'm very comfortable of that I've been living my life the way I want. And obviously if my life ended tomorrow, I'd be disappointed because I didn't get to start a family. I didn't get to accomplish some other goals that I have, but I've, I've done what I, what I can do to be at this point right now. And I'm comfortable with that. Does that make sense? Uh, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. so when you, you know, yeah. So you, that's like a, that's a really good reality check uh, for you just to say, okay, if the, if it was all over, am I to where I want to be? And if the if the listener is thinking right now, oh God, I just checked in with myself. Thanks a lot, Dan Andrews. And uh, they are saying they're not where they want to be right now. How do how do they get there? I mean, you got to find your own definition of success. I mean, get away from the social media mantra of success where it's a, a guy in a polished suit with a fancy cocktail in his hand and women are draped all over him. I mean, that's the guy's image of success that we see on social media so many times and really hone in on what's important to you. And what makes you tick? I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has their own interests. Everybody has their own uh, um, values. And if once you start going into self-awareness mode, you'll really discover how you're supposed to live your life today. And a, a book that really was influential to help me understand where I want to go is uh, this book called here we go I wrote it down you were saying where's the, what's up oh t tell me because we uh, we talked about a few a few yeah. books so go yeah. ahead <laughs> so yeah brawny wears the top five regrets of the dying uh obviously it's a cryptic subject but it's a it's a hot a hospice workers story uh who talked to so many people on their last days and she found a pattern of the top five regrets that kept on coming up and up again with people um, passing away. And the, the, the top five regrets, we can get into that later, 
really made me kind of check into where I was. And then if I was going to live my life the way that I wanted, if those top five regrets are going to be similar regrets, I would have. Uh, I've kind of changed my life in multiple ways through lots of mental conditioning to not fall in the same five regrets that she mentioned. Uh, and if the, the reader or the listener listening to this podcast is interested of where to start, it would kind of be questioning yourself with the regrets that Bronnie Ware describes in that book. Okay, I, I like it. Now, we can get into these five regrets um, in a second here, but what, what was the point for you when you said, uh, so you had some friends who, who passed away, um, unfortunately, and so then, you know, you have this, this influential read and, okay, you start asking yourself these, these questions, but when it comes to putting the rubber to the road, when you say, all right, I started doing mental conditioning, I started becoming more self-aware, what was it literally just asking yourself these questions or were there things that you wanted to do, for example, on, on the podcast, the things that have helped me that I always like to talk about, of course, are, are yoga and meditation and observing myself and asking myself these questions and, and journaling and writing down my thoughts and figuring out where they came from and saying, okay, this is a thought that I had, right? Uh, this is a thought that I had, right? I was, say there was a stressful part of my day. Well, I write down that, that piece of stress, that negative thought that came into my mind. And I say, well, well, what happened here? Why was I stressed? And I said, oh, I was stressed because we'll just use an example, right? Um, that I didn't, uh, that I didn't eat proper, properly this morning, right? And then you can dive into that thought and say, okay, that's because, uh, someone told me if I don't eat this proper uh, diet, then I'm going to be fat. And, you know, you can go down that <laughs> rabbit hole and you can identify, well, that's not really me coming from me. So that's those are the kind of things I do. But I'm curious what your practices are for becoming more self-aware. Uh, my practice of becoming self-aware is obviously what you mentioned, the journaling, the doodling, kind of finding ways to let yourself process whatever is going through your mind and actually understanding how your mind is thinking. So instead of being reactionary, you're actually kind of being inquisitive um, in your mind and be like, oh, that that thought popped up. I wonder why. And and the best way I do that to force myself to become inquisitive is unplug. And as convenient as the smartphone is, it is an addiction. Um, I'm, I can say I'm addicted to it where I need to unplug and have it out of, out of my uh, viewpoint so I don't see that little blinking green light to distract me. Uh, a good book, Essentialism by Greg McCown, he says that by not allowing ourselves to be bored, we have lost the chance to think and process. And... Yeah, I mean, by unplugging, it makes me, instead of trying to pick up something to read or see what's on Facebook or Instagram or the blogs I follow, it, it forces me to like, okay, what is going through my mind right now and why? I, I could not agree with you more there, especially about social media and just media in general, right? Sure, in the old days, uh, in the old days, right, not, not more than 15 years ago, we just watched... TV and read the newspapers and read magazines and our thoughts, our mind were occupied by those things. And yes, those were created by mass media and distributed throughout the world. And so your thoughts start to become them and the corporations that support those things uh, and the advertisements in there and how that's all laced in. I mean, go watch a, an episode of Mad Men and see how it was all created, right? But uh, now with social media, sure. So I was thinking it was kind of a, a funny thought was that you see guys in suits with women dra draped all over him and, uh, and a martini in his hand or whatever. And I was like, who's Dan friends with on Facebook, man? I I've gotten rid of all those friends. Um, and of course, that's a, that's a joke. But now we can, we have that. <laughs> we have this, we're in this amazing part of history where we can, we can make these decisions yet we're still addicted. It's more addicted uh, than ever. Yes, we can control all of the media that comes into our heads, right? We can unfriend people. We can only read the blogs that we want. We can only follow the, the YouTubers that we want. We can listen to the podcasts like this one that we want. 
but you go for a scroll on Instagram and sometimes you never, you know, you can never get away from that or you're just constantly being bombarded by other people's thoughts and feelings and we don't have the time. Like this morning I went for a walk in the jungle. You live in Colorado. You can go to the you can go to the mountains when you want. Um, could you talk a little bit more about the the time that you spend alone or you spend in solitude, disconnected? What kind of things that you like to do? I know you're you're into hiking, into that. Could you uh, uh, yeah tell us a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a person that kind of always needs to be doing something. So finding the time to just do nothing sounds like torture. Uh, I, d- I tried to do the whole meditation in the morning and I always found myself waking up a few minutes later that I just fell asleep. Um, so right now I'm getting in the process of guided meditation uh, through some um, friends and everything like that, some communities here in Denver. And then, uh, but the way that I kind of make sure I'm alone is putting calendar time on my, my Google calendar to say, do nothing. Uh, so like in the mornings I make sure that I'm doing nothing and that, that time is not going to be, um, uh, uh, occupied by an appointment or something like that. And my favorite hobby, uh, here in Colorado where I get in the mountains and everything is disc golf. Uh, it's where you have like a little Frisbee like thing and you're trying to throw it in a cage far away. And it's, uh, it's like the similar rules of golf, but what I like to call it is walking the dog with purpose. Since I have a dog who needs to get walked, I might as well do something fun in the mountains and see some gorgeous scenery and then be by myself out there. But I'm also doing something that's not really, uh, takes mental energy, but it's engaging. No, that, that's really cool. And for anybody who's interested, I, I started with guided meditations and there's an app uh, called Omvana, O-M-V-A-N-A. That's really good. And you can, it's like its own little app store for meditation. And if you need energy in the morning, well, you can download that one that's supposed to be for, for increasing your energy levels. And mm-hmm. if you need to relax, right, if you're stressed out, you can download the de-stressor track and uh, it's it was super helpful for me um, when I first started and uh, it, also a, a book that comes to mind you said walking the dog with a purpose yeah you're going out there but you're going out there to be with your best friend you know you're going out there to spend time with yourself and to clear your mind and not be occupied. And uh, there's a great book that had a really big impact on me by a, a Buddhist monk, Thich Nhat Hanh, and uh, it's called Walk Like a Buddha. And he's literally just talking about how you can be mindful through everything that you do and pay attention. Don't let your mind be occupied. Don't be still at work when you're taking your dog for a walk. Be there with your dog uh, is his point. So I really, uh, I really like that. I've never, I have never disc golfed can you can you use that word disc golfed disc golf disc golf yeah it, uh, i don't know if you can make it a verb but you just did uh, all right all right <laughs> excellent okay so dan let's get uh, back to the top five regrets of dying because i would like everybody to know what questions they need to start asking themselves so you want to uh you want to give me some of the things that you checked in with yourself and said Oh, yep. I'd be satisfied if I went today or, Oh, I got to work on that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll go through the list of five and I'll list, um, them. And then I'll also go into kind of details of what, how I changed myself, um, in regards to that regret. Does that sound good? Let's do it. All right. Number one, I wish I let myself be happier. So that is a lot easier said than done. I mean, the negative thoughts, the self-doubts, the unhealthy comparisons that we all experience when we're in a bad mood and we go to social media to fill that time. And then you see everybody in their greatest mood ever. And it's just like, okay, why am I feeling this? Uh, The way that I kind of structured my own life to let myself be happier is understand that life consists of a range of emotions And yes, you are going to feel bummed. You are going to feel frustrated, challenged, irritated, whatever that negative emotion is. And that's okay. I mean, that's life. Obviously, if it gets imbalanced and you're 
feeling sad or feeling negative more than you are feeling good, then that's where you need to check in with yourself and maybe get some professional help or reach out to friends, get outside, do something to kind of make it so that life is more enjoyable. But overall, you got to let yourself understand that life is going to suck sometimes. And when it, it sucks, it sucks. But then always know that you are trying to progress to become a better person in the future and that you have some goals to look forward to in life and that life can be pretty great overall. And you just let yourself kind of enjoy the ride, because if you don't let yourself enjoy the ride, then you're going to still be on the ride and be miserable. So you might as well just be an optimist. OK, I, uh, I, I certainly like that. So if there's someone who is start, all right, for I'll, I'll use my ugly little vulnerable at the moment. I well, people can always let themselves be happier. Right. So if I'm looking at that and saying, yeah, I went to the national park this morning and I hiked through the jungle. How happy was I if I gauged my if I gauged my happiness? Right. I would probably say, well, to be honest, I was a little stressed because there were some things with work that were kind of bothering me. Um, I actually, I did allow myself to be happier because Dan, we were scheduled for 11 a.m. and I said, hey, look, do you mind if we push an hour? I emailed you yesterday and it, it happened to work out for, for you. Um, so I appreciate that, Dan. You, But I took that upon myself and I said, all right, I don't want to be stressed and have to hurry to get back to record this podcast because I want to come into it feeling relaxed. Um, but, you know, there are things in people's lives that they can they can evaluate and say, yeah, you could be happier or right. Had I had a different breakfast, right, I think that I, I actually would have felt better this morning. But I was a little bit rushed in that way. But uh so if somebody wants to let themselves be happier, um, is, there any th is there anything that you would say or any advice that you would give me, per se? Uh, keep a gratitude journal. I mean, every single night before you go to bed, it's what I do. It's, it's helped me kind of end my day on a positive note, no matter how frustrating that day might have been. And you go through the little things that you might have taken it for granted or forgotten or didn't really acknowledge and you write down three things that happened that day, that day, that you're grateful for, that you enjoyed. I mean, sometimes you can go big picture, like I'm happy with for my good health. Or you can say I'm happy that that, uh, that I made the grocer smile with a corny joke, something like that. And like just make it so that you're ending your day in a good state rather than letting your day end uh, and letting the frustrations of the day go to the next day. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate one of the questions that you asked me when we first got on the phone was, hey, what has gone well for you today? And I said, well, I saw three different kinds of monkeys and a sloth today. So that went pretty well. So that's a really good way that you are prompting other people to be grateful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, it's taken a lot of willpower and mental and mental training over the last few years to be comfortable with that myself. And now I'm becoming even more comfortable by pushing that on other people. And sometimes they like it. Sometimes they're like, Whoa, who is this guy? But it's just who I am. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that that's awesome because once you're fulfilled yourself, then you can, you can figure out ways to give to other people. But if you're in a, if you're in a relationship or you are uncomfortable uh, with yourself, well, you're probably going to make other people feel uncomfortable. Or if you are, if you're mean to yourself in your head, if you're always like, "Oh God, I'm such a bitch," uh, "Oh, I'm so fat," like you know, all the negative self-talk. Well, you're probably it's probably going to be real difficult to be kind to other people unless you're kind to yourself. <laughs> uh, so, but once you're once you're fulfilled yourself, then you can have excess energy to give to other people. So good, uh, good on you for, for that, Dan. I, I appreciate that. So, okay. So next, uh, regret of dying, give it to us. All right. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Ooh. So that's, <laughs> I feel bad about that one. Yeah. But I mean, again, I have to actually give you some credit because you're finding work that really energizes you and you're giving yourself out there to create 
other people's good experiences through under 30 experiences. I mean, that's how you and I became good friends is by having an, um, a connection through a project that is considered work to you, but it was play for me. Um, and then we got to kind of have fun together. So you were finding a way to make your work enjoyable by actually passing on good vibes to other people. And that's what I, that's what I'm doing for myself is I'm creating a brand well-rounded success that is work, but it's also me having fun with it. Yeah. There are days doing administrative work, compliance work that suck. And those do drain my energy and my enthusiasm with the project, but I found something that animates me and now I'm becoming very passionate about it. Uh, for the reader or for the listener that's listening to this, I mean, if your work doesn't energize you and it doesn't animate you, doesn't get you into that flow state where you feel like you're grooving and time's flying, then you need to find some hobbies or some side hustle projects that can actually make it so that you're excited to do whatever it is in that day. Uh, like you can join a puzzle group. If you like puzzles, you can do that. Like right now we're in the days where if you're into Batman comics, you can go to Comic-Con. So you have those fun things to look forward to and those animate you. And then maybe you can find a side hustle project in that arena so that you can actually make a business out of that that can maybe become your full-time business down the road. Yeah, I, I love it. Okay, so if you are not currently doing something that really gets you going every morning, really blows your skirt up, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can go in and search for that side hustle, right? But if somebody wants to be, and I fully, I, I fully believe that everyone should, should try to find, if time permits in, in your life, which might mean you need to work less, right? Which is, the, which is one of the top five regrets of dying, as we're finding out. But if you just want to get into the flow state, do you have any, uh, any tips for us, Dan? Yeah. I mean, find out where you're spending your time online. I mean, what websites do you go to when you don't have to? Like what topics interest you? And then chances are there's going to be some other communities that are interested in those same topics that get together in meetups around your city or conferences or, or random activities. Like you can actually find those people and then like pick their brains and then it becomes like kind of a support network somehow. And you'll actually find whatever direction you need to go after that. And maybe it continues to be a hobby, but then you're not so drained with your work and, and you're not just in a bad, bad state of mind. Cause you feel like work is taking over your life. Like, no, you're finding time outside of work to create the life you want. That's really cool. I believe I, I've read a book called finding your true North. Uh, I read it years ago. But one of the things I think was mentioned in this book, uh, if, if not, I'm, I'm crediting the wrong person, but I do, I do suggest the book. It was, what can you just do for hours? And uh-huh. you look at the clock and you're like, oh my God, how did it get to this time? I've been just in, engrossed in what I was doing. I can't believe it. That's, that's the flow state right there. That's mm-hmm. if you just put, if, you're, if you like to write and you put your pen to paper and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where did the time go? Or you're reading about something that's so fascinating to you that you just can't help but lose track of time. That's a really good metric for that. Oh yeah. Everybody loves those, those feelings and people can get into those feelings. They just need to figure out what their triggers are and what the topic that usually gets them into that flow state are so they can do that more often. Okay. So if, uh, yes, people should go and try to find something that uh, they truly feel a connection with to work on, but that is more work and that's more hard, hard, hard work. Like I, I get into that state, but I am still working hard. Now, granted, their flow state, things should ease, things should flow. It shouldn't be, quote unquote, hard work. But like you said, uh, like, you, like you mentioned, it just happens. It's just hard work. There are bumps on the road if you're building anything. But if someone is listening to this and like, I work too damn hard, uh, I can't even think about starting another side project, what could they do to start relinquishing control of their responsibilities at work or talk to their boss or if they're a business owner, uh, loosen up and delegate a little bit and not be a control freak like uh, I can be at times. So do you have any, any tips for that on how to actually not work so hard? 
I mean, that's a mental hurdle. And as you said, the word delegate, that's what you got to do. I mean, you got to realize where your best energy lies in regards to the business that you're building or your work responsibilities at, at your work. And, and if you have to give up some of the responsibilities that don't really match your best use of your time to provide value to the business, you either need to talk to yourself if you're the boss or talk to your boss and say, hey, like this is something that I am getting bogged down on. Like I don't think I'm, I'm meeting my quota in this area because I'm spending time in this area. Uh, can we talk about unleashing these responsibilities to either someone else or kind of re- realizing where my best value for the company is right now and what my vision for the company or where you guys want me in the company in a few years so I can harness on those skills to, to get to the next level. It kind of makes it so you're taking responsibility on where your what your role is in the company and then you're showing that leadership being like, hey, I understand where my, my skills benefit the company and how I can improve the company. Let me figure out how I can do that better rather than getting bogged down on the stuff that you don't enjoy and that maybe you don't do well. No, Dan, I, I love it. And employers, trust me, I can tell you, uh, if you are an employer, you want your employees working in that flow state. You want your resources, your limited resources uh, to be put towards someone who is working on something that really gets them going and that they can do quickly and easily and effectively and flow through it. Because otherwise, right, if I have to be on your ass all the time as a, you know, as a boss or an employer, well, that is, gets real annoying real quick. For me, mm-hmm. and that throws me out of whack, out of out of my flow state, and makes me behave in ways that I don't I don't want to behave like that. I don't want to be a micromanage somebody. I want to give them the projects and put them on the things that they actually love doing. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this right now, go and talk to your boss and. Give your projects to somebody who is better at them and then go do what you're good at within the company. Mm -hmm. Yep. Make sure you communicate that you're still, the organization is important to you and that you want to benefit the company in a more effective way because that's what employers love to hear. I like it. I like it. All right. How about you give us, what are we on? Number four? Number three, actually. Number three, okay, Dan. All right. Give so it to I us. wish I had I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. That one hit me hard because as a guy, our society is supposed to be strong and supposed to be um, never show your emotions, never show your weaknesses, never show that you're vulnerable. And I'm an emotional guy. I'll, I'll admit to that. I'm a very cheesy person. And now in the last few years, I'm actually embracing my cheesy side and letting myself kind of communicate who I am in an honest and hopefully authentic way. Uh, one thing I do uh, when I see like a friend and I really had a good time with them and then it's like time for the, either the end of the phone conversation or give the, like that hug to say goodbye. I just say a simple thing. I appreciate your friendship. And some people are like, oh, thank you. I appreciate your friendship too. Or some people are like, oh, you're making me uncomfortable. I am comfortable expressing how much their friendship means to me. And I also am comfortable in case that day happens where either I don't see them again or I, or something happens to me that I ended that relationship and that friendship on a high note to my standards. Wow. That's, I I really like what you said there about, you know, you think of people dying, of course, right? If you say, Mm -hmm. if you have a, you have an argument with a family member and then you say, God, could they be the ones to get hit by the bus? That's not how I wanted to end it. But just never seeing someone again, right? You know, you were in school with this person, you hung out, and the last thing you said to them was something shitty, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's not the end. You, you know, maybe you just never see him again. Maybe your paths never cross. Well, mm-hmm. that's not, you know, you don't want to have that, uh, that lingering in your subconscious or that guilt feeling feeling bad about that or you don't want that person thinking negatively about you for the rest of your life um so that's a really good point i really like that Mm -hmm. shall we move on to the next one sure let's uh let's do it very good number four 
I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I mean, today is as easy as possible with social media, Instagram, Twitter to stay in touch with people and you actually keep up to date on what people are doing. But why not control the relationship? That's something that I really encourage people to do. Don't wait for an email in your inbox. Don't wait for a text message on your phone. If you want someone in your life, then take ownership and get that person in your life somehow. Make the first move. Uh, something that I I um, am trying to practice what I preach and my 2015 New Year's resolution was to send a different postcard to a different uh, mailbox for every day of the year. Right now I'm on day 316. I'm on my final stretch. I haven't missed a day yet. I don't plan on missing a day. And it's been great experience to just get in touch with all these people I've lost touch with, either um, old friends from different circles, old, old teachers, for example. I looked up my kindergarten teacher on at uh, my elementary school and she was still teaching. So I sent her a postcard and it's really challenged me to actually reach out to people and get their addresses. And it's been such a fun experience this last year to, to connect, reconnect with all these people that I've lost touch with. And it's a way for me to communicate the value that those people had in my life in my cheesy way. I'm expressing my feelings that we talked about in number three and I'm comfortable with it. I mean, not everybody responds and tells me that they received their postcard, but that's not the point. I just hope that it brings a smile to their face. And some people say that it's changed their entire weekend um, when they had a bad weekend and they found my postcard, that they they had a great, great feeling when they saw that. And it's my way of just kind of just sending out that good energy without expecting anything in return. I think that's an amazing practice. And uh, for anybody who wants to read up more on tips and tricks that you can do to be able to cultivate good relationships in your life, uh, one of the best books that I've read on this is called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And the whole concept is just like you do every day, uh, sending a postcard to someone to catch up with them, to keep them top of mind, to make sure that they know that you appreciate them. You know, he tries to schedule a lunch every single day with somebody else and say, okay, I'm never going to eat alone because I have to eat anyway and I have to sit there and enjoy it, so might as well enjoy someone else's company. And he, and he talks about how to really build a huge network uh, of, of amazing people in your life. Now, Dan, uh, I am someone who have you know read these kind of books and have t- you know tons of quote unquote friends on social media and uh, for last year I sent every single under thirty experiences alumni a handwritten holiday card so I totally hear you on this and I completely know how much effort that takes I mean that that almost <laughs> that almost killed me that project I was writing. I was writing holiday cards for, uh, for what felt like two months. Um, but I need to play devil's advocate a little bit here with you because one of the, uh, also one of the very powerful, one of the very powerful things that I've been able to do on my life, in my life, is actually uh, reduce the amount of relationships that I've had and try to just focus on the ones that really matter. So, you know, instead of sending one postcard, right, I want to spend more time with the top five people that are important to me. Or if I do fall out of touch with people, I used to be the way where I'd feel really bad. Oh, I haven't talked to this person or I'd have like 12 best friends. Right. And then I realized, okay, only two of those people are truly, truly there for me. And I want to have a, a increased depth of experience with those people. So that's what I want to focus my time. Um, so do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I'm sure that you spend time, uh, very, ca- you know, I'm sure you seem very calculated about all the stuff that you do here. So yes, you have a broad reach, which is excellent, excellent for business reasons. Uh, excellent just to brighten a lot of people's day, but then what do you do so that, as you said, you wish you stayed in touch with my friends? How do you really cultivate strong relationships in that regard? 
And that's a great point because yes, I have fired friends. Like it is something that I let people enter my life in a certain time of my life and they're very important, but then either they do something that was not, um, a good action as a friend. So then we part or I make it a conscious effort to part ways with that friendship. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there are times where people come and go out of your life and you have to be fine with it. Um, you can't have every Facebook friend from your elementary school get your time and energy every single day because you'll just get bombarded and you would never make those really close personal friendships. And so you have to really kind of differentiate in your own mind, like, okay, what is a good friend? What is a friend? And what is an acquaintance? And what is a contact like in my network? And I mean, you don't want to like maybe do it. I mean, if your mind works that way, build an Excel spreadsheet where it kind of differentiates everybody on your LinkedIn and your your Facebook, but I think that would be time consuming and a little, little over the top, but it's a way for you, like in my mind, making sure that the people that are living up to the expectations that I have for a good friend, that I invest in those relationships more. Um, I've always had high expectations of people. Uh, it is something that I've dealt with ever since I was really little. And if people never rose up to those expectations, I would let it disrupt my entire day. My mood was destroyed. My momentum was destroyed. And I was just kind of hurt by not having those friends reach the expectations I wanted. But I've kind of grown over time of keeping high expectations of people, but not getting like not letting the people that that rise up to those expectations disrupt your mood Obviously, you're going to be disappointed, but then with those people that do rise up to those expectations, then you make sure that you invest in those relationships. And those have been some of the great, greatest friends I've ever had just because we're on the same page. They've, they've made sure that they've, or they've expressed that my friendship is important to them. I've expressed that my friendship is, is that their friendship is important to me. And I really try to cultivate those relationships to get more time that they get more time and energy for me of me so that I can actually make sure that those relationships continue. Absolutely. And there's the old school adage that you are the uh, summation of your five closest people who you spend the most time with. And if you're looking for a good benchmark, Look at these five regrets of dying, and if that's your goal to be able to have as few regrets in life as possible, go and start hanging out with the people who are not regretting things, who are letting themselves be happier, who are staying in touch with their friends, who aren't working so hard, um, who are expressing their feelings, and segue number five, hit us with it. Number five, ding, ding, ding. All right, so let's get it. I have it written down put, here. Put you on the spot there, Dan. <laughs> I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Oof. And, yeah. Ooh, that gave me goosebumps just saying it. Uh, I mean, again, this goes back to self-awareness. You don't know what's true to yourself if you don't really understand yourself. And if you got to cultivate the soul. I mean, the soul is your your mental energy, your your self doubts, and everything like that. That's negative aspects of the soul there. But find out whatever is true to yourself. And one of the best ways you can do that is travel. I mean, when I went to Peru with under thirty experiences, uh, you were kind enough to let me participate on under thirty CEO for a blog post. Uh, about how the Peru journey, uh, Peruvian journey helped me understand who I am. Um, I stopped being so self-conscious and, and kind of ashamed of the personality traits and the quirks and the imperfections that I had. Uh, and I started becoming proud of who I am. Uh, and that's one of the things that you can do to make it so that you don't regret the same regret that this uh, that Bronnie Ware is describing in her book is you find out what makes you tick, what's right for you, and you live the life that you want with purpose and intention. There's no better feeling than taking control over your over your own life than having your life dictated by societal pressures. 
I could not agree more. And we talked a little bit about societal pressures just from the media and that the what corporations are funding the media and how they are literally paying for advertisements within these magazines or within these television programs and that TV programming and all the stuff that you watch there is or, or you read there right in the news mm -hmm. is going to be of course designed to appease those corporations and you know sure we could totally just uh, just can continue to talk about lobbyists and the shitty food that we eat and on and on and on but there's a certain and it's not like well at times yes these people literally are in the same room uh collaborating and saying okay this is how we're gonna get the masses to do x y and z but the system is built you know for, to, for profit and that is what is going to drive the bottom line but what you're talking about here what you talked about it is what are you going to do that's going to make you happier? What are you going to do that gets you excited every day? What are you going to do that is your greatest gift to the world, which then you're going to be in that flow state and experience more, more joy in your life. Um, so if you want to have the courage to live a life that's true to yourself or not the and not the life that others expected, right? you need to start thinking about your thoughts about your life and saying, well, where the hell did this thought come from? Oh, I need to go to a fancy school. Says who? Says who? Oh, I need to go and buy a home and sign up for what a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Zeller, I think he was the fifth podcast episode on travel hacking. He called it the debt sentence right for for signing up for for a mortgage uh, because that's what they encourage you to do is go and sign up for the biggest mortgage mortgage that you qualify for of course they're going to sell you that big house that you can hardly pay uh, hardly afford to pay for so that you are all stressed out because they make the money off the big loans and mm. on and on you could look at every aspect of your life and say wait am i uh, you know my friend rajiv martin uh, he has been on the podcast a couple times, right? And he has a, he's, he's uh, Indian American, right? And he has a rap song. He's an Indian rapper and he raps about the fact that his parents expected to be in, a medi in medicine and he's a rapper, right? So think <laughs> about what those societal influences are and everyone's pretty much just doing the best job that they can. These I don't want to make the, your parents and your schools and your teachers and the government officials uh, seem to be horrible people, but when you start to look at what others expected of me, uh, you really have to, to die. I think you really have to dive into that in order then to figure out what the hell you want to do. Um, so if you are doing some deep introspection, which uh, I think both of us have done, what would you suggest uh, to start discovering what you really want as opposed to, oh, this will be I want to be a doctor because uh, that'll make my parents happy and then I'll be happy because they won't be uh, judging me. Well, that's not the right way to go. Wh what direction would you go, Dan? Mm -hmm. Well, a phrase comes to mind, small daily decisions compound and define your identity. Big decisions alter your life trajectory. And so if you focus on who you are every single day, making sure that you're having a positive kind of mental space every single day, then that's really going to uh, compound and really define who you are. But if you are confronted with a big life decision, like, like, should I move to Aspen? Should I move to San Diego? Like, those are really big decisions to shape the entire course of your life. And you need to ask yourself when you're confronted with those decisions, am I making this choice for me or am I making this choice to try to figure out life? When you're in that kind of situation where you don't know where you want to go, who you want to be, what you offer the world, you are very vulnerable. And that's why people like the corporations like we that you discussed are very influential because they try to advertise that, oh, okay, if you buy this house, then your life is going to be perfect. Congratulations. You just have a huge asset that you're going to have to maintain 
deal with HOA, deal with uh, insurance, deal with maintenance. It's it's a it's a headache, and maybe you didn't want to go that path. So you really have to ask yourself that question. And yeah, it's a lot easier said than done. But am I making that decision for me because this is important to me? This is where I want to be in life, or am I making this position or decision because I'm trying to figure out life? No, I I think that's a. a Fantastic question, and um, you had sent me a a really interesting quote when uh, when we're going over the the show notes beforehand, and you said, "Live your life as you're going to have an appointment tomorrow, where the doctors tell you your life has changed." Uh, do you want to you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Well, that's something that my dad told me, and it stuck with me ever since I was young. Again, this is going. I'm not like the I don't want to come across as the cryptic end of life guy, but that's just who I am. Defining (laughs) my own legacy is very important to me. And yeah, right now as a young person, I have good health. I have good energy levels. Like life is kind of an open door in regards to I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids bogging me down. Like I can create the life I really want without those giant responsibilities to take care of. So I want to make sure I'm living this life the best way that I can. I, I don't subscribe to the YOLO persona by any means, uh, but I'm making sure that I am living the life today where if my life changed tomorrow, I'm like, well, thank goodness I had that life yesterday. Like I did a lot of fun things. I can raise my cup to Dan yesterday and now I have to deal with Dan today. Sure. No, I, I, I think that's that's really good. And although some people do, some people, some, I think the phrase got so popular, uh, this the whole YOLO thing, I think it got popular because people needed to hear it. People needed to actually say that you only live once. And uh, sorry, now all I can think of is Drake and uh, whoever else <laughs> popularized it. I had actually, shitty story, I had two friends who got yellow tattoos in college and then like no, and that no, no but to, but it was before <laughs> Drake it was before Drake so they had like oh let's do this nobody really know people were like y o l o what does that what does that spell what is that and they're like oh that's really cool and then once Drake Drake did it that uh, yeah that's an unfortunate uh, turn of events for those guys but. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, Dan, this has been this has been super helpful. Uh, we've talked a lot about, of course, of course, death and dying, but what kind of legacy that you want to um, leave on this planet? Uh, but if you just had general advice for being well-rounded, um, I know that you had sent me a, a whole list of things that that you were able to to offer to the to the listener. Uh, but were there a couple in particular that you wanted to to truly leave people with, to truly say, hey, uh, okay, after you get done thinking about all that that deep stuff and where I want to go in my life and uh, do the soul searching, et cetera, that everybody talks about but nobody really does, what, would you, what are some actionable things that people mm-hmm. could do after they stop listening to this? Well, it's hard to start to, or hard to know where you start, like, cause that is a personal journey and you have to figure out what makes sense to you. I know that the well-rounded success model that I implemented has positively shaped my life over a few years and it's starting to positively influence other people's lives, which is fantastic to see. Uh, and the whole premise of the well-rounded success model is better choices, creating refreshed spirits. Uh, if you deliberately contribute to five areas of your life at all times, then you can feel successful today rather than striving to feel successful down the road. And those five pillars are your bedrock. So that's all your personal health. That's your personal finances. That's your congratulations. You're an adult. You have to deal with adult responsibilities now and making sure that all of those are taken care of. And then your community, giving back. I mean, there's no real better feeling knowing that you are giving back and improving other people's lives um, through that. You can be volunteering, cutting checks if you're able, um, or it's just being a good person in the, on the planet. Like you're being courteous to the 
the people on the road, you're being courteous to the grocer um, who's having a bad day, and then you just try to brighten her day somehow. Uh, then the next pillar is career. Uh, so wherever you are in your career, which is a very important aspect of life, making sure that whatever you're doing today is okay and that you're progressing your skills to become better in your career tomorrow. And then your relationships is another pillar, owning the relationships in your life. And then your soul, con- contributing to whatever your mental energy is, if religion's your thing, then making sure that you're you're doing whatever you need to do to to be better in your your church or whatever, um, and then also making it so that you're a good person in your own mind, being grateful for what you have and letting yourself be happy. And so I actually have a, a, a form which I'll send to you where if people are confused of how to make sense of their life, maybe give this a try and they can fill it out and see if, they, if the well-rounded success model works for them. Um, they can print it out and then have it in the, up on their office. So it's a visual tool to like, okay, when life gets stressful, these are what I need to focus on to become that well-rounded person. Dan, that's, that's awesome. Can, is that available on your website? Can we, uh, link that up on the show notes on under30co.com so everyone can, can download it? Yeah. I'll send that to you. I have it as a PDF document. This is something that is a personal thing. You don't have to fill it out and send it to me. No, I don't want that data. This is your personal journey. And so I'll send that to you and then let um, the community see if it resonates with them. Yeah, absolutely. That would be, that would be awesome. And uh, Dan, I wanted to ask you before we, we wrap up, um, those are, those are obviously excellent, excellent, solid uh, pieces of actionable advice. Uh, Do you, can, can you tell us where people can come hang out with you, where people can read uh, your blog, where people can get involved with with your community. Uh, I know that you're launching your own firm uh, soon in the financial planning space, so can you just tell everybody uh, more about how they can keep in touch? Mm -hmm. I would love to. So my home base is Denver, Colorado. Uh, I host some under 30 experiences meetups around here, so I look forward to meeting some other people from our tribe at those. Uh, But for my my well-rounded success efforts, you can go to wellroundedsuccess.com. Right now, it's just been a personal blog, but that is going to become my full-time job um, early next year in January. And I'm also a certified financial planner. And I'm launching a financial planning firm, which focuses on Generation Y millennials and helping them make sense of personal finances. Um, There isn't too many financial planning firms out there that have business models and service models for our generation. And I know that that's a problem because our generation is in very big need since we weren't all educated in personal finances. And this is where I get my energy. So I'm going to create my own financial planning firm with that focus in mind. Uh, you can go to wellroundsuccess.com, learn more about um, that when I get that up and running. And then I also host team trivia nights, volunteer efforts, making sure that people have the opportunity to give back to their community. A lot of people don't know when, where, or how. And so I try to make that simple for them. And then you can get get access to me on Twitter, uh, WRSuccess, and Instagram. That's where I post a daily picture of my uh, postcards. And if you want a postcard, feel free to let me know. There's a send, a send a postcard tab on my website where you can put in your information. And uh, yeah, I'm on my last stretch and would love to get a few more addresses. Dan, sounds like an awesome project. Thanks for being involved in our community. Thanks for contributing to the greater good with well-rounded success. And uh, Dan, I appreciate your friendship, my man. I appreciate your friendship. And I do have to take the, the mic at this sec at this time. I like to end all my long-winded um, conversations or emails with a corny joke. Can I please tell a corny joke to our yes, audience? Yes, absolutely. And I forgot that you were the trivia master from, uh, from our trip to Machu Picchu. So let's, let's go. Let's hear it. Very good. So, okay. What is Beethoven's favorite fruit? <laughs> Beethoven's favorite fruit. What do you, what do you got for us, Dan? Banana. <laughs> Banana. That is excellent. Uh, that works in English and also in Spanish. So I might have to uh, I might have to steal that one from you, Dan. I will credit you though. 
No, you don't have to credit me. Make it your own. Love it. Just pass on the good vibes to the world. Sounds good, amigo. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate your friendship and look forward to being in touch. Hey, did you enjoy that episode of Live Different Podcast? I sure as hell hope you did because we do this for you. And if I could make an ask of you, could you please share this episode with a friend? If it helped you out, would really appreciate it. And if you could go on to iTunes and leave us a review, that will help this podcast become better uh, found on iTunes, spread the mission, the movement, what we're trying to do here, get people to consider the possibility of just living a little bit differently. And if you really loved it, come and check out what we're doing at Under 30 Experiences because it is a really cool thing. Hang out with other like-minded people, under30experiences.com, and get away from your desk.